You know what? When you get married for the first time, even if you've been married for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, it's not easy and it takes help to figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of questions along the way. And if you go into marriage thinking you've got it figured out, I can tell you that you're going to have a hard marriage. (laughs) So that's why today we're tackling these questions Mm -hmm. from listeners. We got questions from our Instagram uh, followers. We got questions from Facebook, from our listeners of the podcast who Mm -hmm. texted those in and called those in. And we've got some good ones. I think we're going to talk about biblical roles. Oh, man. That's going to be fun. We're going to talk about actually, what what else? We're going to talk about... Engaged and dating, kind of some early on questions that yep. people have had. Healing after betrayal. and uh, are some big things. That's a big question. I think yeah. more on, on those lines, we're hoping to just redirect traffic yeah. to some really helpful resources that can... Um, helped along that healing process and also just spiritual growth and unity and how to grow together, but how to also encourage each other Mm -hmm. on how to grow. So we had a lot of questions. We're going to try to cover a lot of ground. We're not the experts, but we'll share openly and honestly everything we do know. So thank you for listening and we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. It's been a long time coming. Long I feel like we've been like, oh, coming. we're going to do some Q&A. We keep teasing y'all with that. So here we are doing it. And I just want to say up front that there are a lot of questions that we get, and there's a lot of big themes and things that we're going to cover. Um, but overall, we have been so filled with hope, seeing the resources that are out there. Mm, yeah. um, you know, we are trying to contribute and be part of that resource pool as well. Um, but God is good and his word is faithful and there are faithful teachers of his word in this whole arena of marriage and helping us understand. And one more thing to just encourage you, but, um, laughter has been such a part of our marriage (laughs) and just friendship. Yes. And I'm sure you can (laughs) kind of pick that out, but I think that there's a lot to be said for laughter. So I just, before I forget that and before we get too far into things, (laughs) just gotta laugh. Unequivocally, nobody makes me laugh harder than you. Yep. And that's why we watch The Office. <laughs> well, but you just as a person, you crack me up. I know. And, and I love it. So laughter is huge. Well, it's funny because like on all our anniversary Instagram posts, I'm always like, oh, happy whatever, 14 years or something. You just, no one makes me laugh like you. <laughs> what is this? Like, Am I a joke time, to you? Every, Am I just a joke to you? Every time. It's so funny. The last like four years, I think it's always yeah. been, you make me laugh the first thing I write. And that's, and, and joy is just such a, it's such a god-given gift on that note i think i always try to get you a funny card not not always you always have even when since we were before we were dating you came to a little birthday party i had you got me one about frozen water balloons that have pee in them or something first no it was frozen that was the funny part okay (laughs) (laughs) and that was like the first card you gave me and i was so just enthralled with it and it made me laugh and that's and it was always like, oh, if he brings me a gift and a card, what is he going to write? And you just always gave me like funny cards. What a cards. crazy <laughs> year it's been. <laughs> so in your yearbook. Anyway, we dated in high school for sure. Yes. And, and, and yeah. Laughter has always and been a part of our marriage. That. So, uh, yeah, uh, you bring up a really good point. Okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Laughter. Uh, I love making you. Making fun of your <laughs> husband. <It's... laughs> Genuinely caught me on my heels. <laughs> With that one. 
a little hurt. People, that doesn't happen. It's a little, I'm a little hurt. <laughs> Don't elbow my my. Don't touch me. <laughs> Touches away. Quit trying to make it better. <laughs> anyway, what I was gonna say very clearly and articulately, <laughs> I was gonna say we you. <laughs> you brought up a good point. Go, babe. You can do it. You brought up a good point. Is that there are a ton of resources out there, and we are trying to add kind of our own story, our testimony, and just use whatever, whatever for whatever reason people listen to this. We want to point people to to Jesus, mm-hmm. and we've kind of taken on that as our responsibility in the sense that we're we're not called to be the solution on every little nuance of marriage. Right? Yeah. We've never been through an infidelity. We've never been through some things that some marriages. Mm-hmm. have been through but there are stories of people and you know what they're stories of hope mm-hmm. they're stories of redemption and we hope to just point you to those resources right. as a means of drawing you nearer to christ and nearer to <clears throat> each other so we're going to get into some f- fun questions today before that <clears throat> we have our housekeeping as usual we'll make it fast patreon.com slash fierce marriage that is a way that we've been able to partner with listeners and readers mm-hmm. of fierce marriage content and we're at 190 patrons wow. we're trying to get to 200 we're almost there that's awesome we're almost there when we get to 200 that's going to be kind of a unique goal for us we're going to add some really fun stuff at that point go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage we just want more people not more money but more people because that means mm-hmm. that we have more um, kind of like-minded hearts and minds behind this thing mm-hmm. secondly if you haven't yet Selena, why don't you do this one, the whole rating and review thing, because people seem to care when you say it. <laughs> Just say it quickly. You have five seconds. If you haven't rated and reviewed this podcast, do it. Take Perfect. some time. All right. That helps Just us. Just push that five stars and leave a review about how great it is. Okay. Well, that is was that more helpful? than five seconds. She got greedy, but whatever. <laughs> so long-winded. Anyway, uh, the other one is, uh, what's the other one? Oh, if you have any questions... You can ask those and we'll get around to them <laughs> on the next question and answer time, but go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. There's three ways to leave a question there. You can hit the button and do it online, or you can call or text this number, 971-333-1120. Well, and sometimes we do answer those in the middle of the podcast too. We do have questions from you depending on how the flow of the conversation is going. So, And they do, they do like inform- having them in the queue. They inform the topics <clears throat> as well. Yeah, they do. So if we we're seeing a theme, yep. um, we, we gen- genuinely go with a topic. So speaking of themes and topics, we've tried <laughs> to split up these questions based on themes. Kind of grouped them together, yeah. As you can imagine, when we, when we put the, the call out there into the interwebs <laughs> and Instagram responds and people write in and Facebook responds, it's always there's going to be themes that mm-hmm. arise. And some of them, it's pretty safe to assume that if there's a theme there, then there's going to be a theme among people that haven't asked a question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, we try to group them so we can kind of be faithful responders mm-hmm. uh, to all that. So let's start with kind of a fun one. It's fun, but it's also serious. It's a long question. So I'm going to, I'm going to summarize it. All right. Somebody wrote and said, I've recently found your podcast. I've been listening every day at work. I went way back to episode one. I'm so encouraged by your wisdom. Thank you. That's, That's very nice kind. That's nice to hear about encouragement. That's nice to hear that. <laughs> episode one. <laughs> so she says, my husband and I have been married for two years. Before we were married, I was interested in climbing the seven peaks. Or we were, we were interested in climbing. He was interested. He was interested in climbing yes. the seven peaks. So if you're not aware, there's seven peaks. I think the highest seven peaks in North America yeah. is what I believe they are. Maybe they're worldwide. I can't remember. I think it's North America. It has to be North America because Mount Rainier wouldn't be on that list. I don't right. think. Right. <laughs> So he's beginning to train and climb from Mount Rainier. So if you've listened to the podcast for a period of time, I am a bit of a mountaineer. I'm not a hardcore guy, but I've summited Rainier twice in San Jack down in California. It's about a 10,000 foot in a day elevation Mm -hmm. gain. Um, Did that a couple years ago. And so we had talked about that and... um, She's basically struggling. She says, my husband is trying to explain the same school of thought about climbing. So I talked about how climbing Mount Rainier was 
it was I was inspired uniquely by mm-hmm. Selena as I got to the top and I wrote your name in the journal at the top that's buried you mm-hmm. know in a box up there and for our onboard baby girl Della at the time and so he's he's trying to explain that thought to her and she's she thinks it's selfish she thinks it's a selfish endeavor because it's dangerous and it costs a lot of money she feels nervous her heart's not excited about the whole idea so the question is this sorry there's a lot of preamble um but could you talk about how a man's desire for adventure and conquering challenges makes them better men husbands and fathers i want to encourage this dream and support him through it but i'm struggling to understand his side so but what do you think i mean as a wife what's I'm envisioning, you know, like clamp-ons climbing up a cliff and like your rope's going to break on like, what's that movie called? Well, there's a lot of them. Well, there's a movie where they're like climbing up in Arizona Vert- or something. Vertical limit. Yes, vertical limit. So that's like the vision that I have Bill at Paxton. first. At first. Yeah. Um, Good movie. Good but movie. when we got down to the nitty gritty of it and I was, you explained to me that yes, there are some risks involved, but it's not like you're climbing Everest, right? It's a very different type of risk. It's a lower risk, although there is risk. So I think mm-hmm. just helping me understand the nitty gritty of all of that, um, John Eldritch, his, you know, forever book, Wild at Heart, Wild at Heart is a fantastic, I feel like it's so timeless. It's such a timeless book about men adventures and how it keeps the fire in you for being a man and being, yeah, just experience those kinds of adventures differently. Yeah. And I think it feeds your soul in a different way. Um, in a very like godly way though. And I think that it's not like you're asking me all the time if you can go do all these adventures. You know, yes, there's a cost, especially when you have children involved now. We didn't have kids then. I was pregnant, but I knew that like this yeah, was something yeah. you wanted to do and I, I knew this was a desire and I felt once there was still risk and I was still a bit nervous, but I felt like there was ultimately this underlying peace that God, you know, he has a plan mm-hmm. whether it's and God forbid that you would have died, but like it's God still has a plan, right? There's sovereignty there. And, I think there's balance to be had because yeah, I was going to talk about the selfishness part of it. Yeah, because there's selfishness it. can definitely be a part of it. Yeah, if you're not if in that, if and... it's taking you away from your family mm-hmm. in an unhealthy way. Yeah. So when when I summited the the first time, it was a two night deal. Mm-hmm. We trained just a few days. It wasn't like a I'd been training, but it was like short training spurts. And the second time, it was an overnight deal, which was, was a lot on, harder. But it was a mission, wasn't one of them? Like a one of them was we were raising money for yeah. one of the climbers or climbing rangers had fallen and, yeah. and died, yeah. and another woman was shot by a, by yeah. somebody with a gun yeah. up there. So we were raising money for those. Yeah. And so it was, but it could still be selfish in that. And so I think as a husband, I would encourage your husband to, you know, really think hard about. You know, how hard, how divisive is this in your marriage? If mm. it's really divisive, then he needs to give it up. I mean, to be completely honest, we, mm. I've had to give things up. So one thing that I really wanted to have was a motorcycle oh, many years ago. And <laughs> Selena basically said, no, there's no way you're getting a motorcycle. I do not, I will not allow it. And the only, and so I, as her husband, I could have been, my pride could have flared up and I could have gotten angry and said, oh, how, how could you tell me what I'm doing? I'm the man, you know, I'm doing what I want to do. And there's nothing intrinsically wrong with motorcycles, but in this, by the grace of God, I think I realized that it wasn't worth sacrificing my wife's sense of input, sense of trust, sense of having a voice and sense mm-hmm. of how much she loves me. And I realized that, you know what, I can, I can probably get over it. We can yeah. figure out other ways. As with most of these things that are yeah. very subjective, it's going to come down to your heart orientation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you do it in good faith and in love? Mm-hmm. Can you say no as a wife? Mm-hmm. in good faith and in love or is it based on fear and doubt right. and can your husband say hey i really think i should i want i can do this and it's going to be safe and can he love you through that and that's right. the big question right okay good 
I think so. Yeah, okay. and I would I would just encourage the wife to both of you guys to read John Eldridge's um, Wild at Heart if you can. It really helped me understand you, even as a young wife. Yeah. Um, and even you know as an older, <laughs> more seasoned wife. I don't know if that's the right term, but just <laughs> reminding myself that like there's so much more out there for you as a man and yeah. for our family. And I, we can get so caught up in our day to day that we lose sight of sometimes even the bigger picture and the family vision of. You know, yep. ha- living on on mission and having adventures and getting out of our comfort zones yeah. and what that means. So I'm going to post a link to. So in the show notes, there's going to be a lot of resources. Yes. By the way, we're trying to answer these questions, give you some immediate advice, yeah. some thoughts, but also resources to go deeper. Yeah. For this one, I'm going to link to Wild at Heart um, to yeah, start. It's great. All right. So the next question. Hopefully that was helpful. The next question: Couples who are living together but not sleeping together, okay or no? I would say no. Because I would say you're it's not married. I would say it's foolish. Yeah, it's definitely foolish, especially if you like are dating and you're attracted in any way. Yeah, it's like, why would you just like? It's like falling asleep with a fire in your house. <laughs> like, like just, I'm just gonna set this fire in the living room. It's cool. It's right. not burning the house down yet. I'm just gonna go to sleep. But it's in a fireplace, Ryan. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's not in the fireplace in this case. <laughs> Anyway, no, the analogy right. breaks down at some point, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's the, there's nowhere in the Bible that says thou shalt not live together unless yeah. you're married. There's nowhere in the Bible that says that. However, wisdom, you see uh, Joseph and Potiphar's wife, mm-hmm. when she's like pulling his clothes off, he runs out, <laughs> runs, runs out. away from temptation. He flees temptation. Yeah. The Bible teaches us not just to like be aware of temptation, but to flee yeah. from it, to run from it. Running and fleeing are not passive, slow activities. Right. They're fast, deliberate, intense Ways of avoiding temptation. Why? Because there is a lot at stake. Yeah. So I think it, I think the question, just the mere fact that the question is being asked, mm-hmm. is like, okay, we're not in the right state of mind here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that in the most loving way. Like these are not questions you yeah. ask when you're engaged with somebody. It's like you're asking more about how are we going to mold our lives together in unity. Yeah. Not, you know, this is kind of like one of those borderline. It's a good question, and I think it's good to like examine some of those again borderline questions of mm-hmm. is yeah. this okay is this not but i think the 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 heart orientation is really my question and what yeah. why would you want to be together i mean there's a lot well, of good reasons but of course well of course they would want to be together because they're they, well, yeah, know, they're like, dating and they so are they're not loving technically sinning right but it's like well, well that's the why the right. why is because it it's nice to live with someone you care about i'm saying and what you're saying is it's foolish to yes. do that outside of the context of marriage yes and it will the relationship won't flourish until well, we like put it into god's i feel like you're opening design. packages before christmas right it's yeah. just like oh, we're just going to do all these things. And then once we get married, it's like, well, we're adding sex to it. But And I will say that that's a good thing because I will say, even though I said earlier, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not live yeah. together yeah. or anything like yeah. that. I will say that a case can be very easily made that you shouldn't yeah. simply because it is an act of marriage. It's something reserved for marriage, mm-hmm. just like sex, just like certain levels of spiritual intimacy, yeah. just like cer- certain co- types of conversations you're having. A, they're just yeah. they're just inappropriate outside yeah. of It's a unification that hasn't yeah. been officially yeah. committed, so, <laughs> if so that's the right answer. To the person who asked this question, <clears throat> if I knew you personally and we had a relationship, I would mm-hmm. strongly advise you to change that situation. Yes. And I would even offer you a bedroom in our house <laughs> if you were, you know, if that yes. were appropriate. I'd say, come use this bedroom until you figure out what you're doing because yeah. this is not a safe place for you in terms of your spiritual health. So good. Okay. You're so kind. What a good friend you are. Yeah. Well, my imaginary friend, maybe, maybe. <laughs> just don't let him disrupt my life. Okay. Yeah. Just, you can stay, <laughs> but just, I don't want to see you coming and going. 
Don't eat our food. <laughs> you can use the laundry machines, but your own soap. Use your don't own toilet use our paper. Soap. Yeah. Yes. We buy All the right. nice stuff. <laughs> Charmin. Four ply. We do not. <laughs> Costco. Costco, whatever. Okay. Okay. So we're going to go into a, a group of questions, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to announce the category you can read. <laughs> Uh, this it. is for kind of that category of engaged couples or newly married, I'll say. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so there's definitely some unique challenges there. Go ahead, Sal. Absolutely. So the first question is, what are some things you had wished you had done earlier in the earlier years of your marriage? Which is a great question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think we have lots of answers, some of which I don't think we can share because they're just kind of angry. <laughs> no, I think that, I think that we definitely, I definitely wish that I would have had mentors in my life. And I know that sounds very cliche, but I really didn't. I didn't have people that were older than me, that were wiser than me, that knew more about God than me, um, meeting with me intentionally and speaking into my life. I did not have that. I craved that. I tried it. I tried to find it within our ch- the church that we were at. And it just, there was never any connection. It was never something consistent. It was just kind of on my own, reading books, um, talking to a few people, but not people that were consistently in my life. And mm. that was my biggest regret. Praise God, we are okay, and everything has worked out for us, and God is good. Um, but I think I I would have craved that relationship mm. just to have somebody to ask questions or yeah. have a podcast that you could listen to. But podcasts weren't a thing way back then. Yeah, I think for me, it would have been being less busy. So yeah. we got married at a very unique season in our lives <laughs> in that we were in college still. Middle of college. You're right in the middle of college. We got married in the summer between sophomore and junior years mm-hmm. in university. And so my parents had the had the attitude of like, leave and cleave. All right. You're, you're married. Like, we're happy for you. We love this girl. We're excited to see me part of our family, but you're, you're dead your to own, us. You're buddy. <laughs> but Financially, you're dead to us. Financially. You're dead to us. <laughs> And so, you costed them so much money. Yeah, you know, I'm just a consumer, you know, just always <laughs> buying the nicest, best things. Or No, I was a really frugal child. <laughs> anyway, they, so knowing that, I ended up getting two jobs. I worked as a groundskeeper at our church, mm-hmm. and I also worked as a dishwasher. Oh, and yeah, those were the first jobs. <laughs> those were the, I, they didn't last very long. I, the dishwashing, I was a guitar player, so I was like, these are my money makers. <laughs> All right, my hands are getting saturated in soapy water. No, it, the hours were weird. It was I hated going really in and working. icky and hard. It just was not. I'd go in during the day, I'd wash dishes for 10 hours, and then I'd leave, and it was dark. Yeah. It was the worst. Yeah. And I was just, I felt like, like I was wasting my life. Job. I was making yeah. $8 and a quarter an hour. So like anyway. 10 years ago, people. 15. Maybe it was 10 and a quarter, I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, so I wish we had been less busy in that I ended up getting a job as a janitor, which is a full-time job, went mm-hmm. to school full-time, and then volunteered at church for 20 or 30 hours. And you guys, mm-hmm. I love the, the the body of Christ. If you're part of a good Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church, yes, you need to be a part of that. I would question the season of life if you're if it's causing heartache in your marriage. Right. In Especially that. when you're newly married. I and, think it's important to establish some unity um, mm-hmm. within your time and how you serve in the yeah. church and be praying about that and because you're learning how to have new rhythms together. Yeah. And I think that was one thing. We didn't really have rhythms. We just had a schedule of places we had to be. We had to be at work. We had I had to go, yeah, well, we had to be at work. We had to be at church. That was pretty much it. It's pretty much our lives. And social lives, but that wasn't too... too um, it was not. It was so, molded I would say, into church. I just wish we would have had more of a margin, yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. To just, but we did, by God's <clears throat> grace, we were able to grow our friendship. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason I say it is because with that margin, you can grow deep in your friendship, deep mm-hmm. in your relationship with Jesus, and how that 
transforms your marriage. We'll get into some other like unity and family right. vision stuff, but I wish we would have done some of the family vision stuff early on too. Absolutely. Okay. The next, the next question in this part uh, is how do you, man- how did you all manage your finances <laughs> as newlyweds? We did it. <laughs> well, when you have no money, it's easy to manage it. You just know it's not going to be enough. That's, no. <laughs> just try not to buy we stuff you don't need. We tried to do the checkbooks. Um, we didn't have credit cards being newly married. We didn't do that. Mm-mm. And... I don't think we managed our finances well. We just kind of tithed and looked at our bottom line and was like, okay, that's how much money we can spend. <laughs> it so was one not funny like story. strategic at all. <laughs> when we got married, I had a truck that was not expensive, but it was expensive for us. Oh, yeah. And the payment was $248. This was when, no, 265 a This month. was when like minimum wage was what? Like $8, oh, it was like $10, $10 something. Yeah. or something. So it was and like a long time ago. It was more, it was more than um, we could really afford it, but I had bought it because it was, I was using it for a business that I had. I was Your washing mom, windows. She's like, you should get this truck. Yeah, whatever. Just <laughs> throw my mom under the bus. But <laughs> never buy it. one time. <laughs> just here's a lesson for She's you. Great, though. If you're buying a vehicle and the salesman's name is Sly, <laughs> he's probably not looking out for your best interests. He's probably not looking at your balance sheet saying, you know what? This might not be a prudent decision for you. <laughs> what were you, 21? 20, yeah, 2021. 20, well, we so were funny. married when I was 20, so I was like 19. Oh man, definitely anyway. don't buy from Sly. So the thing, what well, the thing is, is we, <clears throat> I think as a couple, we realized this is this is something we can't afford. Yeah. I sold the truck, lost money on it, lost yeah. like two thousand dollars on it. Ended up having to pay that two thousand dollars off on the balance of the truck, yeah. but still felt tons better not yeah. knowing that that had to end at the end. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Lessons learned for sure. So that lesson was learned. Um, so as far as actually actively managing our finances, I think uh, we were terrible at budgeting, so we didn't have that figured out. There yeah. weren't. There's we, tools available today that like Mint.com yeah, is an incredible tool. It's they a were free not available thing. for us. Yeah, none of that was available. It was like checkbooks and I had a, cash envelopes, right? The ones. Yeah, I had a I had a, a ledger that I wrote. It's just a piece of paper. I just wrote. Here's what we spend on. Yeah. You know, school, uh, yeah. rent, all that kind of stuff, utilities. And I just knew our income and I just, we try not to spend more than we had, mm-hmm. uh, in discretionary income. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, tithing was always really important to us. So we always made sure we did that. Um, and yeah, just really, and I think just unifying, obviously, if you haven't already as newlyweds, unifying your, your money, you know, mm-hmm. one checking account, one, yeah. one account that you guys draw from, it's not, you know, his special mm-hmm. money, her special money, but yeah, there's just, again, there's so many more resources that are available now that were not available to us. You also had capital. You said capital too in one of our podcast episodes, which I think was really cool because it can you can just have it round up on any of your purchases, and that money will go into a savings account. Yeah, savings hard because <clears throat> it's easy it's easy not to save, right? Especially that, that's as newlyweds, tool. because you feel like you're yeah. you gotta get all these things sometimes. Capital is great because it's it's an app that well, apps weren't a thing when we got married, but they are now. <laughs> And I use it. And Smartphones it, were not even really a thing no, until we a couple of years Pagers were marriage. a thing. Pagers. <laughs> no, we're not that old. We're not that old. You had a pager in high school. I had a pager in high school, proudly. Anyway. Um, capital is with a Q. You can put that in the resource. Yeah, go to fiercemarriage.com slash capital with a Q, no U. Okay. And it, you can actually get 20 bucks. If you sign up with nice. our link, it'll give you 20 bucks when you make your first deposit. It also gives us 20 bucks and it supports the podcast. So it's a win-win, people. <laughs> Win-win-win. Okay, we got to start speeding up because we're 23 minutes in. 25 minutes in. So advice on your, on first year marriage troubles and struggles. So you mentioned mentors. Yes. Definitely get some good mentors. If you don't have good mentors, pray and ask around. Mm -hmm. Start with people closest to you. Obviously start at your church. Family vision. Um, I wish, yeah, they'll help. We'll talk about that more. Okay. Sorry. Jumping the gun. Um, I wish, 
so when you're going through troubles and struggles, uh, let's see. Having some good community to be able yeah. to lean back into and mm-hmm. to say, okay, we're, we're having a hard time with this, whatever. Like, does anybody have any advice or are we making the right decision here? I feel like sometimes you're faced with a lot of big decisions as newlyweds and things you're not as familiar with. So it's always good to have um, godly people in your life that you can trust. Yeah. Um, and we're going to list you more, you know, more resources. I honestly feel like the first couple of years of marriage, um, we just got the roll-offs book. We did a episode with them. Uh, I think it's a couple, a couple it, weeks it back. It been like almost two weeks yeah, b- before but this they episode. talked about yeah. kind of the first few years of marriage and having kids and the struggles that they had. And in their in their book that they recently released, um, they talk about just kind of you know how they they it's all their story and there's a lot of good nuggets of how they unified mm-hmm. their finances, how they you know or yeah. connect, stayed connected and just kind of a lot of I think good stories in there. So um, these are the resources you're listing off. So sorry. <laughs> go back and listen to that roll offs episode. It's, yeah. It was it aired about two weeks before this one right. on a Thursday, mm-hmm. and it says their name in it. Uh, it's Jeremy and Audrey Roloff. They're a young couple. They're very. They've been married five years, I think mm-hmm. six years or so, but they're very mature, and I just love their approach to it. Next one, a good book that I want to recommend is A Mingling of Souls by Matt and Lauren Chandler. Mm. Um, they go through the Song of Solomon, the whole book of Song of Solomon, basically, and it's kind of with a dating and an engaged and a newly married perspective. Yeah, It's not going to be super in-depth, but it will give you um, a good kind of rounded off view of love and marriage and what it yeah. means to be mingling your souls as yeah. a married couple, yeah. which is a lot of what we're figuring out how to do. And becoming two years is one. Of marriage, yeah. And then finally, this is a self plug, but you guys, we wrote this book. We wrote our book, Fierce Marriage, <laughs> with you in mind. Yes. It's so funny when we're listing out resources, we're like, what's another one? <laughs> like, well, what about a what book about we wrote? <laughs> um, yeah. So it's actually called Fierce Marriage. It's our kind of first full length, non-devotional. It's called a, tr- it's like a nonfiction book. Um, but it talks about the foundation, it gives our story yeah. the, when I almost died in our second year of marriage, yeah. talks about that. We try, talk about the gospel, core beliefs of covenant and love. Then we get into how those play into the five key areas of marriage. So yeah. money being one of them, sex and intimacy, communication, conflict and priorities. And that's it. Yeah. And then we round it off with like casting a vision for what your marriage could yeah. be. So I will be honest, the third chapter is the covenant chapter. It's a bit dense. That's yeah. my, it's on me. I wrote that chapter. In reading it, I think a lot of people drop off on that chapter. If you have to, just skip chapter three, all right? Covenant's <laughs> important, but just skim it. Don't skip it, skim it. <laughs> but get, I was like, don't skip it. But get through the whole book is what I'm trying whole, to say. It's don't, pretty foundational. Don't yeah, don't stop. Just There's don't stop. That's what I'm saying. There's lots of good stuff. They're all kind of... They're, they're sort of based off each other, but they also could stand alone, I think, in some ways. But I think that it's 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 a great resource to read cover yeah. to cover so stick with it get those nuggets and little nugs get those nugs the Bethke thing um which Bethkeys are awesome too by the way oh for, yeah for they've this got kind of lots stuff. of great jeff and Alyssa Bethke. yes go to familytteams.com or jeff and and the real life podcast i think is one of theirs yeah, they got just all awesome kinds friends of yes jesus people love them um okay so the, this next question is an easy one. I'm going to answer it. What's the end music of our guys's main? Of <laughs> our guys's. I'm reading the question. What's the end music of the podcast? It's called Quitting Time by Patrick Lee. <laughs> that seems appropriate. Yeah, I loved it. It's I, I loved the funkiness of it. And so anyway, that's a really fun song. You can look it up on the internet. Quitting Time, I-N with an apostrophe. I was like. By Patrick Lee. I was like, Ryan, do you have any, do we have fun questions in here? And I always just think of like. 
hi, buddy, the elf, what's your favorite color? <laughs> I'm like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> I don't know why. It's just we didn't get any of those this really time. really funny. We didn't get any fun questions. We're just, so. There's no fun in this podcast. It's, it's serious no, business. No. Yeah. Marriage is serious. Just quit screwing around. <laughs> All right. I'm tired of this. Well, actually, if you're married, you probably <laughs> okay, need to have more you are. of your sexy time. Uh, you're being inappropriate. Sorry. There's the saltiness. <laughs> Just being honest. Just so you know. All right. This next section uh, we're jumping into is priorities and how to like stay connected and build unity kind of in those in those busy seasons because we do have seasons of busyness. We are in the midst of one right now. Yeah. And it kind of feels like you're in survival and everybody's suffering. But you know what? We're going to make it out of it and God is good. And it is just a season. There's a beginning and an end. Mm. Um, so somebody wrote in saying... Oh, I'm going to interject. Up, we're going to We're going to start picking up the pace because we have three... Big sections of oh, questions, man. four big sections of questions to okay. go through, and we're already we're half hour into this thing. Lordy. So we're going to pick up the pace. Or do you want to break it into two? Maybe we break it into two episodes. Okay, I don't know. Can you just go back to that question? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, we're going to do this one. Finish this one, and then maybe we'll do Any advice for two. staying connected during busy work weeks? Go. You have 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, priorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's one thing to have a busy season there and it's important to communicate about those things. Mm-hmm. So if I'm heading into a busy season right now, we're writing a book. That's it's a nightmare. We are in a, pro- we are in a busy season. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's and good. It, it's great. It's just writing is hard. It's like, it's just like you're Birthing creating a baby. Yes. I wouldn't know, know but I would imagine. Like. <laughs> I can imagine. It's as close to it as it gets. I can imagine it's like a two out of, out of 10, like on the pain scale. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm kidding. So staying no. connected during busy work weeks. Um, I think you have to definitely identify. So priorities here. Identify, is this a season or is this a normal rhythm? Because if it's a normal rhythm, then I would, we definitely have some questions about that. Like, how can this not be a normal rhythm? Mm-hmm. Here's <laughs> our, I'm going to in- interrupt because okay. here's our kind of take on it. Is that seasons are good and seasons are okay, but seasons also end. Yes. And so if you are, if your house, because you're working out of the house and you're gone 50, 60, 70 hours a week consistently, Mm. if your house is perpetually in a state of winter Mm. coldness, it's only a matter of time until that coldness shuts everything down and Mm. begins to freeze over the the ground and it's going to freeze over the mantle, the fireplace is going to, the fire is going to go out and the food's going to go and it's only a matter of time. So that season needs to have an end and you need to be unified on when that season has an end. So if you're starting a business, starting a job, starting a ministry, Mm -hmm in a weird season of life, uh, talking around that and saying, here, this is this is how we project it's going to end. Let's revisit this in a month or let's revisit this in two months. Mm-hmm. Until then, here's a healthy way that we can stay connected. Right. Meaning that you have a night a week where you're, you're yeah. not just zoning out in front of the TV. Yeah. Phones are put away. You Phones have this away. face-to-face connection time and you're asking questions, you're answering them. You know, how do you feel about this or how do you, how, what's work like? What's, mm. you know, just really reconnecting, um, on those levels. The next question is, um, regarding balance in marriage. Mm-hmm. They're asking, do you have any advice for a young couple in college working? Hello. Regarding finding balance and setting boundaries between work, school and marriage. Again, I think this comes back to priorities. Who, what is dictating everything? It's good to go to school. It's good to have work. Mm, and you're kind it. of in that season, right? If you don't have kids, we didn't have kids. It was kind of a time to to work. But we do wish that we would have had a little bit more margin. So I think being intentional about your margin and understanding the purpose in it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, if you are in school and going hard because you're just feeling mm-hmm. this pressure of I have to finish in four years because that's what you're supposed to do, I would question that pressure, right? You can finish. Yeah, we maybe never you, really question that. You can maybe you can maybe finish a little bit later or maybe yeah. you can, if, if you're trying to get on some sort of financial goal, yeah. uh, 
maybe that's not as important, right? Yeah. At what cost are you pursuing these things? And you have to be honest with yourselves. Yeah. You have to have an honest conversation. It's kind of brutal sometimes. And you have to give each other a chance to voice what you're thinking, mm-hmm. what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Then you can say, okay, what are we actually called to do? Yeah. Like, we're not called to be successful in a worldly sense. Yeah. We're called to love Jesus and steward our relationships well, to love God, love others, right. make disciples. That's our calling. Yeah. No matter what your vocation, like yeah. that's your calling and to glorify God, that's your, that, that is your calling. Right. So question those assumptions. And when you, t- when this person says setting boundaries between all of these things, I don't think that's necessarily the right question to ask. I think what you need to, we need to take a step back and say, okay, what is our family vision? Where are we, where is God commissioning us? How mm. is, how do we, how do we want our family to look like? And I don't mean that in a selfish way, like we're trying to keep up with people. I mean, according to the Bible and according to what we understand about the gospel, what is our family, what is our the vision for our family? Mm-hmm. And those honestly determine your boundaries. Those a lot of times make decisions for you that you don't need to even make because you're like, this is our family vision. So we are obviously not going to do this or yes, this would be a good addition to our schedule or whatever. That's so, good. Um, if you need, so if you're looking to, we have a family vision worksheet. Right. You're going to link on there, right? Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. You can download it from our website. Awesome. It's just something that we came up with and there's a little bit of a teaching around it. At yeah. some point we're going to do a deeper teaching on it. Yeah. But for now that'll work. Uh, last question in the section, lots of changes on the horizon. Um, she says we're moving, new jobs, new house. How do we stay unified during this busy time, again, first things first, identifying that it is a new and busy time. Mm. So if there are any weekly rhythms that you can keep throughout this busy time, I think the that would be one of the best things you can do to just maintain some sort of um, consistency and some sort of familiarity when everything else is going to seem very new and crazy. Um, and understanding that this is a new this is going to be new territory for both of you, whether it is a job and a house and all of... So patience. Yes, patience with each other, checking in with each other. And obviously, if you're married, have sex, man. Stay unified. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We're called to... In, in Corinthians, Paul talks about, like, give, give to each other your conjugal rights. Yeah. Right? There's a sense of... There's a reason why we're called to be sexually active as mm-hmm. married couples. We're not called to abstain from sex. Only for the purpose of spiritual, like fasting basically that's the only reason we're given to abstain not because you're mad not because you're busy not because you're distracted we're supposed to be sexually active in a really healthy way now don't hold it over your spouse's head and use it as a manipulation thing all this has to be within the love and agreement of your marriage and all that kind of stuff so don't go to the nth degree people uh there's a really tangible uh resource i want to make available to you uh we wrote this it's an ebook it's free it's called five habits of a healthy marriage and you can pick that up. Um, you can download it for free. It's at fivehabits.us. That's fivehabits.us. And basically it talks to five consistencies that we've seen among healthy marriages in the mm-hmm. years we've done this. Mm-hmm. One of them's prayer. One of them's, you know, quality time. Talking about meaningful things. It sounds simple, but it's... How many times do we talk about things that just don't matter, people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So fivehabits.us, that's a gift from us to you. Okay, so the next question, this is another kind of quick one, so I'll do it. It says, can you direct me to or send me the accountability questions you covered recently? So I think about two and a half weeks back, we yeah. did an episode called Accountability Accountability in Marriage. And oh, yeah. it's what it is and what it isn't. Right. And so <laughs> we had some questions that went along. They're, they're, we'll call them accountability questions. If you're not aware of that, 
go back and listen to that episode. I think, yeah, yeah Selena said you, episode 86. I think that's right. Um, check that out because that's one of our most downloaded episodes. I think it really hit a chord yeah. with people. And then the questions are intense. So I'm going to actually put a, I want to get permission. I didn't write those questions. They came from a local nonprofit that I'm friends with, one of the guys that works there. Yeah. And so I'll try to find and track that down and put that as a download um, and then look for the link to that in the show notes. Okay. Are you going to read through them real quick or no? Uh, I'll just give a few. So one of these, so the oh, whole point. there's a couple of them, yeah. They're gospel, they're cultivating gospel motivations is what they're mm. accountable. We're accountable to more than just, hey, did you look at porn this week? Right. That's the whole premise. Right. It's where is your heart oh, orient- good. oriented? It's so good. And some of these is like, where, what do you desire more than anything else? Mm. That's the first question. Wow. Another question is what fears keep you from resting in Christ? So good. These questions are, they get at the core, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> like if your eyebrows are up as we're talking through mm. this. Uh, another one is how has technology interrupted your communion with God, with God if at all? Mm. Uh, that's convicting. So Very convicting. I mean, just today I was trying to do my devotions and I was distracted by technology. So I would have to say that to you. Yeah. And then you could say, well, maybe put your phone somewhere else. You, <laughs> did, you dingus. That's what you'd tell me. <laughs> She calls okay me dingus say, all the time. I do not say that. D- <laughs> Is that okay? What's something wrong with the word dingus? It's just funny. <laughs> okay. That's a Tim and Eric thing. If you're Tim and Eric fans, high five. No. <laughs> Grossly inappropriate. Next. Too bad. Section. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Biblical roles. Oh, man. We're at 37 minutes. Should we keep going? Yeah, we can do Okay. That. Okay, so We're not a thirty-minute podcast. Everybody knows this about us. Okay, you're right. You're right. Maybe one day we will. But we're just getting into these deeper ones. Okay, so biblical roles. What if my husband isn't the spiritual leader of our household? Oh man, I'm gonna put that on one to the side. Okay, okay and let's. I want to talk about this other one. Uh, someone wrote in and said, "Hey Ryan, have you? I've been listening to your podcast for about a year now, though not consistently. My wife and I have been married for almost four years. We've been keeping the romance alive and well. Good. Good for you." Uh, we both grew up in the church, but neither of us have ever um, have ever had a good long-term consistency with studying our Bibles or even devotional regularly together. Uh, we want, but we both want to do it. Recently, I was listening to a podcast, another producer, and got me thinking about contracts and their purpose in the versus the marriage covenant. Okay, so that's a different question. The question we're going to focus on is here. Uh, my question for you is: Are there any devotionals you would recommend that can walk us through what the Bible says about our roles in marriage? Also, do you have an episode that talks about this topic? We don't have an episode yet officially because it is such a big topic <laughs> to, yeah. to research and to communicate clearly in, I think. Um, we did, We ha- there are a lot. Before you say that, okay. let's do thinking. kind of an overview answer is okay. we have to, okay, we have to dispose of a few assumptions when right. we talk about biblical roles. When someone says spiritual leader, spiritual head, or, or submission, right? Whenever we hear those words, respect, submission, headship, all those buzzwords, mm-hmm. we have to dispose of cultural predispositions in terms yes. of like, this is not a, this is a heart and gospel issue. It is not a culture issue. Right. Okay. So the, the love between a husband and a wife in terms of biblical headship and submission, none of that will make any sense unless we understand and have experienced the love of God in Christ. Mm-hmm. It will not make sense. So good, Ben. And so if we can dispose of those predispositions and it's not because without the love of God in Christ, headship will be domineering. Yeah. Submission will be subjugation. Mm-hmm. 
right? Those, those are results of sin. Those right. are results of distortions of biblical roles. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we are compelled to say God's way is the right way. We are sinful people trying to work out how to do God's way, how to make God's way yeah. our way. Yeah. And so we have to see, okay, so we have to see husband and wife. And you said this so beautifully as we talked before this, <laughs> is that it's not a higher, lower thing. It is you are equally equal in value, equal in worth, equal in importance. I'm holding my hands. They're on the same level. The husband and wife are on God, the exact yep. same level on the yep. side of God. But you have different jobs. You have different, different roles, functions. different functions. That's the word you used. Um, and so I can't the, take total credit for that. I did watch a, a video by the Gospel Coalition, which he'll post in the notes. Um, it's just a short, like three minute video. Um, I believe from a pastor who was talking about, he was kind of exegeting Ephesians 5 and talking about the roles and how we're, we're really talking, when we're talking about roles, we're talking about the function. We're mm. not necessarily talking about the value, right? And so, so many times I think we mix those up when we're talking right. about roles in our heads and in our hearts, right? So when we're, when, when God's talking about how the husband is the spiritual leader of the household, um, in Ephesians 5, it's like he, he's called to love his wife as Christ loved the church. And the the wife is called to submit and not, again, these are, these are roles when rooted in, in, in the Bible and the gospel and the understanding of God's love that will, that will cause us to serve. It's a serving of each other. Mm. It's, it's you. It's mutual serving. Yes. Yeah. Me submitting is, is a, is a serve, a way of me serving you. And it's not like I'm just this, you know, servant in your house and I do all these things for you. That's not what submission is. Submission is very much saying, uh, it's very much trusting. I think in, we have this 50, 51% kind of rule in our house that on any major decisions, um, you know, we will discuss all the options and we'll talk about it and pray about it. But ultimately if we come to this like fork in the road, you kind of have all permission and all of my mm. support to say, I think this is where we're going to go. And I, I and yeah. that's where we go. And that's how we walk those paths. And it's very, it's not divisive. It's, I don't feel any less of a person because you made that decision. If anything, I'm like, thank God you, you have well, and you feel more the loved. clarity. I feel assured that you are right. confident to make that decision. And so often our, our frustrations and anger around this area are because of a relegation or a distortion yeah. of that role that right. God has designed for us. And here's the thing is that your me, if I want to serve, if I want to love Jesus well, and I want to obey his word, mm-hmm. how you treat me is not going to affect how I respond to the call to lead you well and love you as, as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you are divisive right. or submissive in a healthy way or anything like that, I still will be compelled to love you. Vice versa, if your husband is not doing his role, you know, in a f- completely godly way, in theory, and I think as we're being sanctified and follow and learning to obey Christ, mm-hmm. that shouldn't affect how you fulfill your role as a wife. Mm-hmm. Now, that's mm-hmm. really easy to, to say in the case if, if, if there's not any sort of abuse or anything like that. Obviously, right. I would say don't stay in an abusive situation get help. Right. You, you, I'm not saying get divorced, but I'm saying you need to, if, if it's a it's physical safety thing, get out yeah. and separate because you, there needs to be intervention there. There needs yeah. to be help before reconciliation can begin and healing right. can begin. Right. And I want to say this, there's another way of these roles get distorted. And Selena, I'd love to hear your thoughts on yeah. it. Is that Wayne Grudem talks about this in Systematic Theology. We'd recommend you checking that out, especially on this topic. But basically there are two different ways that they're distorted. There's sins of passivity and mm-hmm. sins of aggression mm-hmm. or, or, um, 
Yeah, distortions of passivity and distortions of aggression. For the wife, the passivity might be your doormat, mm-hmm. meaning that no matter, I don't really, I'm not going to have an opinion. I'm just going to be a rubber stamper. I'm just going to do whatever my husband right. says. Usually that's responding to a husband who's too domineering, mm-hmm. right? Or the wife's, the sin of aggression for a wife would be a subversion of like, of authority, mm-hmm. uh, usurping, usurping authority <laughs> and trying to kind of cut him out, cut him off at the knees, right? Right. On the, on the flip side, a husband can do both too. A husband's sin of aggression is I'm domineering, I'm a tyrant, a I don't dictator, love you, I'm a yeah. dictator. And that's obviously not going to go not well. loving most, like Christ loved the church. A lot of the modern feminist movement is a response yeah. to that, yeah. that type of distortion. Yeah. And then on the other side, there's a sin of passivity, meaning that I'm just, I don't, I'm just, I'm just going to be passive. I'm going to yeah. relegate my role as headship. I'm not going to lead. I'm just going to be responsive. I'm not going to be proactive. Yeah. I'm going to be reactive. Right. And I'm, I'm just going to basically be apathetic and I'd rather just sit and watch this movie or play these video games or just disengage from my family. And And that's obviously obviously distortion as well. Yes. I think there's some underlying sin and things that obviously haven't been dealt with in those situations. Um, But no, I, I totally agree with you. And I think to the first question, if my husband isn't quite, isn't the spiritual leader of our household, Mm -hmm. um, I would just encourage prayer in that situation. I would, you know, if if you need to have a conversation of, hey, can we, are you okay with us, like, saying grace and praying with the kids? Can I do that? Like, I don't, you don't want to usurp that role, but you also, like, I don't, I don't know the dynamics of the relationship, right? So if he's just being passive, then you can probably do what you want in terms of, like, let's pray together, let's read our Bibles together right. um, without, you know, usurping and trying to take the, <clears throat> the headship yeah. of that. But I also think it, it warrants a conversation of, you know, why, why do you feel this way? Or has he said this? And if he has, then you can yeah. kind of go from there. But just asking a lot of questions, not to pry, but to really understand and to kind of begin some, I don't know, just yeah, pry, like picking at the heart <laughs> in, a, in the most godly and loving sense of just how can, okay, how can I, is this something you desire? Why or why yeah. not? And how can we work towards this or... You so know. there's going to have to be a, a contextual yeah. wisdom applied yes. to it. And you may need help applying yes. that wisdom. In that case, you need pastoral help, a mentor to help you. Mm-hmm. You need resources to help you understand these things. Yeah. Speaking of resources, yeah, this is the best resource I can give you. It's a sermon series that, that was preached at the Village Church. Mm. It's called A Beautiful Design. And it's about six or seven sermons long. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. It's the most... It's so good. It's the most lovingly, truthfully communicated uh, apologetic around this topic of roles, yeah, of roles and how gender God designed right? gender, yeah, yeah, and how God designed men and women differently, yeah. and each each one has pitfalls, each one has strengths, yep. and here's why and where so they good. came from. So I'll good. put a link there, but you can also go to TVC, TVC as in the Village Church, TVCresources.net, search for a beautiful design, and just listen to that whole thing. It, it will not steer you wrong. Uh, Matt Chandler does a lot of those. He's an incredible preacher. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kathy Keller also has a book called Jesus, Justice, and the Gender Roles. That's a really good one. Kathy Keller is Tim Keller's wife. Yes. And this one's about, um, I think, women in ministry and like the roles in ministry. So it, yeah. it's a little more tailored towards uh, people. Well, just people in ministry, I think. But you can also glean a lot from it. Like I would pick it up in a heartbeat. Um, and then, the, yeah, that video that I mentioned, it's like a three minute video. We'll put a link to that in the mm. show notes, but it was very informative. And I think the thing that I walked away with the most again, is that submission is an act of serving. And that is a very loving thing that I can do in my marriage. And 
the whole submission briefly is the call to submission is kind of that like appeal to our sin as a woman, right? In Genesis three, the woman sort of initiated this, you know, Mm -hmm. the sin. And then he said, like, he said, because of the sin, like your desire will be for your husband, but he will rule over you. And so God calling us to submission is calling us to a better way of loving, a better way of, of experiencing um, unity together. Again, that won't make any sense outside of the gospel. Yes, outside absolutely. Of knowing absolutely. and experiencing the love of Christ. Not just knowing it, but experiencing <laughs> the love of God in Christ. Yeah, yeah. And that you've got the full gospel, you were desperate, you were saved, and you know what it's like so to be good. loved. So I just, how many more sections we have? Wow, okay, so two more. Two big questions. Um, the next one, two big sections, and we'll, we'll try to distill them down, but healing after betrayal is the next one we're going to cover. Yeah. We, this is a big topic. Yeah. And it's uh, the caveat is that you cannot heal with with just a podcast in your ears. <laughs> so okay, true. so if you are healing from a if betrayal. If you're looking to, bo- to a podcast, yeah. Well, it might be the tip of the iceberg or mm-hmm. it might be the beginning of your journey, I should say. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. But just, just know that you are on a journey right yes. now and it's going to take <clears throat> grace from you, grace from God to mm-hmm. get through it, but also just persistence and time yeah. and a yeah. whole ton of conversations. Yes. So the questions that came up are this, and there's, there's different versions of betrayal, but I think betrayal's uh, thematic here. Yes. How does, a, how does the wife start the healing process after being betrayed? In this case, the husband looked at porn and hid it for a, a long period of time. Mm. That's the first one. Yeah. I think as a, oh, are you going to go through them or do you want to uh, answer them? Uh, let's let me just go through the next one, and then okay. we can answer kind of the the idea of betrayal with these okay. resources that we have. Um, a woman said, um, "My husband was recently conv- convicted to tell me about a time he was unfaithful to me before we were married, about three years into our dating relationship. So he did cheat on me, but not while we were married. We have now only been married for less than a year. We both had an understanding with each other that we were de- that when we were dating, we were both going to be pure and wait for sex until our wedding night. Mm. I have forgiven my husband, but I cannot seem to get past the hurt, the pain, the anger, and the betrayal this has caused me. I no longer want to be sexually intimate with him. We are trying to get through it by communicating in prayer. We are so lost and confused. Are there any other resources mm. or podcasts that we could that we could listen to? So, Abs- I would absolutely say go get professional and yes. pastoral care. Um, as soon as you can, because there's a whole lot going on there that, again, a podcast and people who mm. don't have their PhDs can just can't answer all of it. Um, I think that it is, I think that forgiveness is is going to have to be said more and more often than just one time, right? And there's, there's anger and things that you're going to have to unpack and things that you can't maybe even communicate right now without the help of a counselor saying, okay, let me understand you and know your story and then let me understand him and uh-huh. then let me help you guys see this together and yeah. see each other um, through the eyes that I can see you and, and give you resources because uh, there, you just can't do it on your own. I think that's the bottom line. Speaking of that, I do... And you shouldn't have to. No, no, no. Yeah. Do not do it alone. Yeah. That's the big highlight here. Yes. Um, but part of that journey of, of uh, fleshing out the forgiveness, yeah. of saying it and knowing it in your heart... And genuinely meaning it, mm-hmm. but actually beginning to repair what was broken there, that sense of betrayal, is starting yeah. to human, re, rehumanize yeah. each other, yeah. rehumanizing him. And part of that comes from experiencing the radical goodness and grace of Jesus. So yeah. I, I mean this not in a pat answer sort of way, but that go deeper in your relationship with Jesus, 
grow in your knowledge of his mm-hmm. forgiveness and love of you and then pray for God to give you an empathetic heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the, the Jesus is talking to the disciples or talking to the Pharisees saying, um, to he who is forgiven much loves much. Right. He who is forgiven little loves little. Right. Right. So the, the, what that means is to the extent that we are, we understand our forgiveness right. in Christ is the extent that we can love others. Yeah. That's and the whole premise of marriage. Yeah. And so we have some resources that will help you get down that road. And this goes for the looking at porn yeah. too, right? They're, they're yeah. in similar veins. They're not exactly the same. But no, but there's veins. still a sense of betrayal there. And I just, again, you said, we keep saying, don't go through this alone. I think it would be very easy for us to hide, right? This is, this feels embarrassing. This feels, um, yeah, like you were duped or you were tricked or that you and, failed. And you shouldn't have, you should have caught it or you should yeah, have seen that, it. Yeah. And I'm not just saying with pornography, but even with, um, cheating and infidelity, you, you, you feel this foolishness that you're like, I didn't, I had no idea. Like this is no, this is, I'm so broken, right? There's just so much deep brokenness happening around um, betrayal. And so again, don't go through it alone. Mm. Not that you need to advertise online to everyone that you're going through this, but having a close knit group of people that are advocating for your marriage, that are on both of your sides, that are praying Mm. for you, that are having you over for just meals and not even talk, having like heavy talks all the time, but just spending time with you to kind of um, help you guys take a breath, yeah. um, is so important. And to the wife, you know, that, um, found your husband, I'm assuming figured out that he was um, looking at porn. Um, I guess the biggest thing for me to say is, is it's okay to be angry and it's okay to feel a bit betrayed. We dealt with this, um, early on in our marriage as well. And <clears throat> excuse me, I think that we, we have to put a cap on that and how long we're going to, okay, you know what? I'm going to, and this sounds kind of harsh, but I think it's it's a it's a good, healthy way to not let sin linger. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just feel what I'm gonna feel for the next seven days. And after that, like I've gotta I've gotta forgive my husband and I've gotta work on what that means when I when those feelings come back, because they will. When that when that anger, when that frustration and that angst starts coming back, I need to remember where I stand and where God has how God, again, how you said, how he's forgiven me. And I need to extend grace to him. And I need, and if there's a repent, if your husband is repentant, then you need to, ex- mm. you need to forgive him and you need to say, I, how can we work together in this? How can I help you in this? How can we be a team and how can I love you through yeah. this? And that may look like having little conversations here and there. It may be, you know, installing some um, technology awareness yeah. <laughs> software. I don't well, know what it's called. I mean, honestly, but- the tools are, and they're secondary to they're the first, yes. Because a, a guy who's, ha- you know, who has half a brain can work his way around totally, that stuff. Totally. And so, yeah, I love everything you're saying. That's so good. Big old caveat is it's going to take time and don't do it alone. So, yes, I yeah. love the seven-day yeah. thing. That's amazing because it kind of gives you a, a way to put a stake in the sand and say, this is where my heart rests mm-hmm. in my identity in Christ and the fact that I've forgiven my husband mm. and I'm not going to go beyond this. Like, you, you create, put a cap on that. Right. But with that said, there's a lot that needs to be unpacked still, probably in other ways yeah. through counseling and things like that. We could talk about this for an hour. So I'm just going to point to some more resources. A few. And then put we can put them in the... All these links will be in the show notes. All in the show notes, yeah. It's going to be really obnoxious show notes a lot of links <laughs> so dave and ashley willis we interviewed them on an episode about about a month and a half ago mm-hmm. we talked about this exact issue mm. betrayal how to how to constructively work through it in your marriage so go listen to that it was very helpful and even how to like 
uh, try to avoid it, right? How to have a marriage that... Yeah, we, we covered a lot with, yeah. them, with Dave and Ashley, but I remember specifically that issue coming up and they yeah. spoke so eloquently and so gracefully yes. to it and with a lot of wisdom. They're incredible people. Uh, RefineUs.org is a couple, Justin and Trisha Davis, who yes. went through infidelity. They worked through it. Yep. Incredible story. They have a book. It's called, um, uh, what is it? Beyond Ordinary. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a good book as well. RefineUs.org. There's also, if for in the on the porn side, there needs to be a sense of you're moving forward and you're moving out of this addiction. And yeah. You're moving, you're, you're processing through it. We recommend, unequivocally, I recommend the system. It's called Pure Desire. Mm -hmm. It's basically sex addiction recovery therapy. There's also a side for the women as well. It's called, uh, what is it, Beyond Betrayal? I think so, yeah. Beyond Betrayal or be Betrayal and Beyond, I think. I think is what it is. It's one of those. It's, go to puredesire.org and you can find all the information for that. Yeah. If you're in a marriage and reconciliation seems like it's um, near impossible, then um, you need help. Marriagehelp.org is a ministry of Watermark Church. Healing after betrayal, I think you said it was. Uh, it's betrayal and beyond, I yep, think. Yeah, you're right. Uh, marriagehelp.org is a really helpful resource in terms of reconciliation and getting help. They, yeah. have, they have a map where you can find different groups and counselors around the U.S., mm -hmm. So you need biblical counseling in yes. these cases. Yes. You can't expect to just talk your way through it every time. Right. There are miracles that happened, that ha happened, but you need someone else to, to help you. Yeah, and to that's help God's design. God. That's yeah. how it's designed. Absolutely. That's why we go to get counsel. That's why the proverb says that those who love wisdom love discipline. Like right. discipline is a sense of making your, your mind yeah. like submit to saying, I am in a sense, I need to learn from you. Mm. And so doing those things hopefully will help. I think we do have an interview coming out in a couple months, I think with a couple that yeah. went through, um, they actually divorced and were separated for a year. So it'll be a great interview yeah. to resource to that. Mm. I don't know. I think we're going to have to I think we gotta call it, call I think it for sure. We've we have, got some spiritual growth and encouragement questions, but we did a whole podcast too on kind of like theology for a couple. couple. And yeah. Yeah. yeah diving yeah, so we, into God's word together. So we missed those parenting stuff. I think we're going to do some more parenting stuff in the future. Um, <laughs> Cause we're such experts. <laughs> yeah. Since we've been doing it for at least five years. So we can tell you all the mistakes we've made. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> but, Anyway, I think we have to cut this episode okay. at this point. So anyway, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for the questions Thanks. too. Yeah. And there is so much hope and joy out there to be had, friends. And you're not alone. We're here. We're talking through the hard stuff with you all and mm -hmm. hopefully being able to just sh show, point you back to Christ and the good news of the gospel. Who's the one mumbling now? Hmm? Sorry. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, it's been like an hour. All right. So I didn't, all right, I'm gonna I do, didn't start. I'm going to pray us out. Okay. Lord, thank you for this time. I pray for these couples. I pray that you would um, mm -hmm. continue to minister. Whatever word they list, they heard today, whatever thing stuck out to them, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would just intensify the call in their life in terms of how you're calling them back to you, how, they're yes. call how you're calling them to wisdom. I pray that these words were helpful and fruitful in the husband's life, in the wife's mm -hmm. life, God. And I pray that these couples would be strengthened and in turn glorify you even more as they respond to your call on their life in your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is... In the can. Thanks for listening to Fierce Marriage. Thank you. We will see you in about seven days. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com, or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.